Hello and welcome to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast. My name is Emily Rose Simons and every month I will confess onto the internet three songs and a bit of spiel wrapped up in a rough and not quite ready podcast. So climb into your long skirt, nibble on a fishbowl, ignore that email from the head of the synagogue board or whatever you like to do as you listen to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast episode nine. The theme for this episode is From the Cutting Room Floor, Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter. Okay, so From the Cutting Room Floor is a sort of series within a series. It's uh, bringing together songs that have been cut from the a musical. And this musical that I'm looking at for this episode is Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter, which will be performed by Tanya Truman on the 21st and 22nd of September at the Other Palace, which is in London. The director is Grace Taylor and the music director is David Merriman. And there are still some tickets available as of recording, so scurry up and get those. Um, anyway, more about this musical, uh, Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter, is or was my first ever musical. I was 22. I knew I wanted to be a musical theatre writer, but I had never written a musical, so I decided I better write one. Hello, smart, right? And not having any musical theatre performing friends, I thought I'd better make it a one-woman musical and I'd better perform it myself. So it was September 2012, you can now calculate my age. I had just come back from the Edinburgh Fringe and applications had just opened for people to present at a Jewish conference called Lemud. Now, Lemud has actually been dubbed the Edinburgh Fringe of the Jewish community, mainly because anything goes and anything can happen. Somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 Jewish people will converge onto somewhere in the Midlands over Christmas. And almost literally, and I do mean literally, anyone can present a session on almost literally anything. Yes, they will invite a handful of international and famous speakers, authors, musicians and artists, but the real meat and potatoes of the conference is in the bizarre free-for-all of conversations, debates, activities, performances happening all at the same time. So the bar for entry is low, but for very good and very moral reasons. And it was fantastic for experimenting with your yet-to-have-found musical theatre musical writing skills. So imagine me. 22 is 2012 and I type in for the title of session confessions of a rabbi's daughter and for the description I wrote Emily Rose Simons will perform the premiere of her new musical confessions of a rabbi's daughter and that was it I had a title I had a deadline and a song in my heart oh and um let's just get this out of the way. I'm not a rabbi's daughter. Uh, the subject matter actually sprang from a session at Lemud from December 2011. It was called something like Marry What You Want To Be and it was looking at rabbi's wives through history. 
basically women who wanted to be a rabbi's wife or women who secretly and not so secretly wanted to be a rabbi themselves. So they had to marry a rabbi. I found it fascinating. Though my family were orthodox, we're not religious enough for Judaism to be woven into every moment. Apart from a kosher kitchen, major festivals and Friday nights, we're pretty secular and my academic progression, both at school and at home, was important regardless of my gender. But then something strange happened to this equality whenever entering a religious space. For example, in orthodox synagogues, women sit separately from the men, usually above the men in a ladies' gallery, whilst the men, only the men, conduct the service in the main part of the synagogue below. In fact, I have a joke. One Saturday morning, I was sitting next to a barrister and we ended up talking about feminism. I asked her, how can you feel comfortable sitting in the ladies' gallery and not being able to take part in the service downstairs? She answers, five days a week, my husband earns less than me achieves less than me and has no say over any decision concerning his or his family's lives. So one day a week, it's important to make him feel like a man by looking down on him as he talks to his invisible friend. By the 90s and early 2000s, a woman could be an MP, a business owner, a surgeon, an engineer, women, role models all around me were taking full and active roles in every part of society. And then when it's Shabbat or a festival at home or in the synagogue, suddenly it felt like that equality just disappeared. Were women role playing as sweet little wifeys once a week or did equality only exist for them in their boardrooms, barrister chambers or operating theatres. It seemed that a woman's ability to be Jewish in an active and practising way ultimately and completely relied on her ability to marry a Jewish man who could take part in religious life on her behalf. To marry what she wants to be. Around this time I started coming face to face with this myself and I also began to hear Jewish feminist opinions of lots of different things, but including opinions that question the validity of a traditional song that is sung on a Friday night called Eshet Chayil, or Woman of Valor. In a lot of traditional and orthodox families, it's sung in praise of, and sometimes a love song to the wife, the mother, the matriarch. In the first iteration of Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter, I used this song, Eshet Chayil, Woman of Valor, as a starting point for the opening number. And here is a recording of it from 2013. Good morning, children. Today we are looking at Eshet Chayil, the Woman of Valor. Now we sing this every Friday, but do any of you know what it means? Good wife, who can find? She is more precious than corals. Her husband puts his trust in her and only profits thereby. She brings him good, never harm, all of the days of her life. praises her many have excelled but you outshine them all 
But a woman who fears the Lord, she will be praised. Now, this is my favourite song. I always think of my mother when I sing it. And being a rabbi's wife, I feel like she is the woman of valour. She is like the trading ships bringing from afar. them all. Grace is elusive, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she will be praised. Now I want you to be the first to know, I'm getting married to a rabbi. I will be like my mother, a Robinson, like my mother, and they will greet me, the God-fearing bride. Aside, father stands with pride on the first day of the rest of my life. From being just a rabbi's daughter into the good rabbi's wife. As a woman who fears the Lord, I will be praised, and I'll be a blessing. For I'll be truly blessed when I become a woman of valor. That was Woman of Valor from the 2012 to 2014 versions of Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter. I think Eshet Chayel is one of the most interesting places to see the intersections of feminism, female empowerment and Judaism. In some ways, Eshet Heil is feminist, or even female empowering. She's a girl boss, quite literally. She sees a field and starts a business. She provides for her family, she keeps them safe and warm. She is the head of the household whilst her husband studies. And the sturdy holding the house together whilst bringing home the kosher bacon kind of woman is how a lot of orthodox families still function today and to assume that jewish women are these unempowered little wifeys can be reductive offensive and inaccurate people bring up the netflix series unorthodox starring shira Haas, but before shira Haas played the woman running away from her orthodox community she played Rahami Weiss in Stiesel, which is a cracking soap opera set in the Orthodox community in Jerusalem. Now, side note, I have a long-term questioning relationship with the traditional musical theatre idea that a main character needs a strong, tangible want, especially when this theory is in relation to the story arcs of female characters. But then there's Rahami Weiss and her story arcs in the later seasons of Stiesel. Rahami Weiss wants. She wants. She has tangible wants with obstacles that she overcomes, with determination, strength, and the ill-thought-out nature of a teenager. And what does she want? 
She wants to marry the pious teenage boy she sees studying piously into the night, despite her parents correctly trying to stop her because she's way too young. She wants to make a home for them, it's despite having no money. And she wants a baby, even though it's so dangerous to her own health that she had to hide the pregnancy from the doctors and her own husband. Her storylines are bonkers. But she definitely makes her own choices and those ridiculous choices definitely require a whole lot of strength. I don't think it's wrong to praise those who build a home and keep a family together. Eshet Heil acknowledges the enormity and importance of that task. And further to that, a lot of traditional Orthodox women feel incredibly empowered and valued because the activities in the synagogue is just one part of a much bigger picture of Judaism. In fact, many would argue that Judaism is more about the doing than it is about the praying. The Ten Commandments don't command one to pray. The prayers and service structures that take place in these places that we've decided to call synagogues have been cobbled together over thousands of years but women are the ones that build the home according to the law set out in the torah the og scriptures sort of maybe depends who you talk to i'm not really sure what i'm talking about honestly but anyway there are many who would point out that the practice of judaism is not meant to be a response to one's belief in god but a lifetime of actions meant to bring one closer to god and if the point of one's life is to bring oneself closer to God or the meaning of the universe, then being born a woman means that your path to be closer to God is more tangible than your male counterpoint. Like, for a man to be close to God, he has to say a load of words that he may or may not particularly agree with in that moment, or would have to sit with a study partner and argue for hours over the biblical interpretations made by a load of other guys throughout the centuries who had way too much time on their hands. Whereas a woman gets closer to God or the meaning of the universe by baking bread, going to a mikvah, which is the holy baths, or giving birth. Okay, that last one sounds super rough and maybe I would rather be reciting a load of outdated words and debating texts, but then it's creating life. Like, you can't get much closer to the meaning of life than that, right? Marriage is just like the covenant. Putting your faith in what you don't see. I think of my foremothers. I will be who they would want me to be. I don't keep the laws because I believe. I put my faith in the laws because I want to believe. Act and then love, act and then pray. Thank God and worship him every day. Follow my duties as a God-fearing wife. And that's how I'll live the glorious life. myself in holy waters and cloak myself in kosher threads cover my hair wherever I go and sleep with him in our two separate beds I won't be his wife because I love him I won't be his wife because I want to love him act and then love act and then pray thank God and worship him every day follow my duties as a God fear and that's how I'll live the glorious life. 
in a way that's honest and true. I already know what it feels like to love my lifetime of loving you. Act in the love, act in the pray. Thank God and worship Him every day. Follow my duties as a God-fearing wife, and that's how I'll live. And I will live the glorious life. That was glorious life from the 2014 version of Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter. Now, if you want to avoid spoilers, I recommend stopping the podcast here and going straight to the Other Palace website to get your tickets to the 21st or the 22nd or both, uh, the concert at the Other Palace on the Other Palace website. And for the rest of you, for a woman to live this quote-unquote glorious life, or be the Eshet Heil of her dreams and bathe herself in all the female empowerment, girl boss, intersectional, second wave, lean and feminism that she can grow in that field that she saw and purchased. All she has to do, aside from, you know, inhabit hustle culture on steroids and in heels, is marry a Jewish man and have children with him. But what if that's not how her life ends up? What if that's not who she's going to be? What if she can't? Can she still count herself as Jewish if she could never become an Eshet Heil? Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter is about love. It's also about someone who eventually finds the strength to not marry the person she wants to be, but instead become the person she's meant to be and become that person alongside the person she loves. It's not about a woman who runs away either. It's about someone who stands their ground even when that's hard and even when that comes with pain. The ending of the current show, which you will hear on the 21st and 22nd of September at the Other Palace, takes this pain and finds triumph in it. The original final song has a very warm place in my heart. It's a response to being asked if she has any regrets. A question posed by the love of her life, Sarah. Only sometimes Almost never, very rarely, hardly ever, just occasionally, maybe for a moment, possibly it's just the friendly smiles that are normal chatterboxes that now ignore the cherished dreams shattered on the floor Being at odds with the holy law 
That was Only Sometimes from Confessions of a Rabbi's Daughter and like the other two songs in this podcast you will not be hearing it on the 21st and 22nd of September but you will hear all the songs from the current version of the show performed in concert by Tanya Truman at the Other Palace directed by Grace Taylor and music direction from David Merriman. And I look forward to seeing you there. Until then, I have been Emily Rose Simons and you have been listening to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast, episode 9.